You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Rob, how are you there, my friend? All right. How you doing this morning, Gary? Uh, well, you know, it's, I'm hanging in there, buddy. I'm doing my best to uh, to hang in there. Same. Same here. You know. Just got back from a trip, actually. Well, so you were at a fundraiser in Dallas, right? If I remember I you saying last week. Okay, so t- how yep. was that? Oh, it was phenomenal. So my company, we do our big annual fundraisers called Boot and Shoot. We bring out a ton of veterans, their families, and businesses that endorse and work a lot with veterans. Mm-hmm. And we raise money for the Brain Treatment Foundation and some other veteran foundations. So in... Uh, about 24 hours, we raised over a million dollars this year. In the last couple years, it has been a seven-figure amount, which is phenomenal. All that money goes straight to these veterans and these foundations to help them. So it's just a lot of fun. It's uh, a great cause. And obviously, we raise a lot of money. And you know we're really big on helping veterans in the veteran community. So this is how we really give back. Very, very successful. And I'm happy to be back with a great story. Did you hit your seven-figure mark? Yeah, yeah. We raised over a million this Ah. year. uh, Over a million. In the last couple years, that's what it's been. We've been doing the event now. I want to say it's like 2012 or 13. So it's been been a while. Um, It's been a while that we've been doing it. Obviously, it didn't always raise that amount. But now that we've been doing it so long, we've got all these businesses that sponsor year after year. And we keep adding on different auctions and different ways to raise money. So it uh, it was very successful, very successful. And it's something we're going to continue to do. It's our big give back for the year. So next year at this time, you'll be you'll be heading. Well, is yeah, it always in Dallas? It's always in Dallas at the Dallas Gun Club there. And uh, it's around, you know, early April every year. So obviously we had to cancel it back a couple years ago due to COVID. Sure. That was the only time it's been canceled. But other than that, it's been live and in person. You take your wife you, you, or, or you just go? It's no, just strictly it's just business. strictly business. I go in on a Tuesday evening. We have Wednesday is all day meetings, uh, you know, stuff about mortgage processing, underwriting and, and all that. And then the day after that, which is a Thursday, it's an all day event. Uh, I was up there at like 630 in the morning and I mean, my flight out was around 536 o'clock. So it was a full day. And uh, like I said, very successful. So switching gears, though, what I wanted to talk about today was I wanted to go in depth on FHA loans, which are the Federal Housing Administration loans. Uh, government-backed loan that a lot of people use to buy their first home or refinance. Mm. We'll talk about why, but really wanted to dive in on that. So what, then what are some of the advantages of an FHA loan, let's say over like the home buyers? You know. Right. So advantages of FHA loans other versus other loan programs like conventional or yeah. VA, just uh, USDA or whatnot. So first thing is going to be that an FHA loan has lower credit score requirements. So like with a conventional loan, if you even have one one point below a 620 credit score, you're going to be ineligible for a conventional mortgage, which are mortgages made by like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or backed by them. But on an FHA loan, 
there is no minimum credit score. Now, banks do have their own minimum scores, but I've seen very often you can get an FHA loan with as little as a 580 credit score. Um, that's kind of the low score range that I've seen. Occasionally, I've seen lower scores get approved, but that's definitely the exception, not the rule. So 580 is, is the normal uh, guideline on that. There's also a lot of flexibility when it comes to debt to income ratios, how much debt you have versus your income. And FHA allows that box to be expanded quite a bit, a lot more than other loan programs do like conventional. So it gives more flexibility to a home buyer or someone refinancing because they can afford a bigger loan. They can qualify for a, a bigger house or bigger mortgage amount. So that's huge. A main reason why I see people using these FHA loans a lot is a credit event that occurred. So like maybe they had a foreclosure or a bankruptcy in the last several years. With FHA, you only need to have a two-year seasoning uh, outside of, of most bankruptcies. So it's not a long waiting period after you file bankruptcy before you can get another home. And also foreclosures or short sales. There's a three-year waiting period. If you contrast that with a conventional mortgage, which is the standard that most banks offer, you'll find that those conventional loans have much longer waiting periods, you know, four or five years for bankruptcy and seven plus years on foreclosures typically that you'll need. So FHA is a lot more forgiving. It'll help someone that couldn't qualify otherwise actually get in a home and get a mortgage in a lot quicker time frame. And the last advantage I want to mention is that typically FHA is going to allow up to a 6% concession from the seller, meaning that the seller can pay pretty much all of your closing costs. Whereas on most conventional loans, depending on how much you're putting down, you're going to be capped typically at a 3% uh concession so just a lot more flexibility as you're seeing with these fha loans it's why they're so popular not only now but really the last uh, decade or so they've been very popular how did the fha even come to be oh yeah so fha it has a long history here in the united states so it was founded back by president uh, franklin delano roosevelt uh, he put in place something called the National Housing Act of 1934. That act established the FHA. It insured mortgages made by private lenders, and it protects lenders against losses. So FHA doesn't actually make loans. They just guarantee the loans and protect lenders against losses so that they can give a loan to someone with a lower credit score or these other credit events because they have a little bit more certainty with this federal guarantee that they're going to get paid back if there's a foreclosure or another event that happens. Um, it's really meant for low to moderate income home buyers and homeowners. So I have had people that are high six-figure earners that have gotten FHA. There's not necessarily an income cap or an income limit like some other loans, but most of the time it's going to be your moderate to low income home buyers or homeowners that are going to get these. Mm -hmm. That's who it was designed for. And really the reason why President Roosevelt decided to put this in play with the National Housing Act of 1934 is if you think about the timeline back in the early 1930s, like it was right after the Great Depression. So banks were super reluctant to make loans at all. And if you wanted to get a mortgage after the Great Depression, you were normally going to have to put down a 40 or 50% down payment. 
that's difficult now. It was even more difficult back in the uh, 1920s and 30s. So FHA actually established to allow these lower down payments, which gave people a lot more opportunity. And that same motive, that same drive that established it, it's still there today. And those same core values that were established when this came into play, you know, that still drives the program as we speak in today's environment. So are you saying that people with lower income, or I actually would say lower incomes, but they're lower credit score, Mm -hmm. um, would would these be the main people that an FHA loan could really benefit when buying a home or, or refinancing? There's a lot of different reasons that people would use an FHA loan. I mean, I would say that, yes, somebody with a lower credit score, if you have a score below 620, then you don't have an option of other loan programs like USDA, for example, or a conventional loan guaranteed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. They have a higher minimum than 620. So if you're lower than 620, FHA and VA are the only game in town. If you're not a veteran, then kind of pigeonholed into the corner here. FHA is your main option. It's your only option. Um, typically. So credit score is going to be the biggest item, but also people with the limited down payment or limited equity that are trying to refinance their home. FHA allows as little as a three and a half percent down uh, with a down payment. So definitely a low down payment option. Um, and a conventional loan has a three percent down. But like we're saying, you really have to have a lot better credit score. So if you're looking for that low down payment and you have a low credit score, FHA is going to be your best option. Also, if you have these previous credit events, if you filed foreclosure three, th four years ago, you're not going to be able to get a conventional loan, whereas FHA will allow that. If you had a bankruptcy two or three years ago, you're not going to be able to get a conventional loan. FHA is going to allow that. So it's really going to let you get back into the market in a really niche area where other loan programs just say, no, absolutely not. You don't meet the criteria. FHA is a lot more forgiving. So those are really the main focus of the borrowers that are going to get the FHA. FHA loan. But the other thing that I want to explain is FHA is a really good, I think it's actually the best loan if you're buying a multifamily home to live in a unit. So if you're buying a two to four family property where you're going to live in one unit and rent the others out, FHA is by far like not even a question, the most favorable mortgage that you can get on a multifamily property. Reason number one is that it's only going to require that three and a half percent down. Whereas other loans, if you go to a get a conventional mortgage, you have great credit, you have money, you're going to have to put down 25% in most cases. So three and a half percent or 25%. Mm. It's a big difference, which is why FHA is so attractive. Um, also, the interest rates on FHA loans in a normal environment are going to be around the same or even a little less than a conventional mortgage. They don't really penalize you for your credit score as much as other loans will. So I've seen people with credit scores even in the high 500s, low 600s, as recently as a few months ago, get mortgages in like the 3-4% range, which is phenomenal, especially when you figure that low credit. So you're starting to see why. There's a lot of really good reasons why FHA loans are just a phenomenal product to buy a home or refinance if you fit into any of these boxes that we're talking about. Can you discuss maybe some of the advantages of FHA loans for those who are 
refinancing and maybe looking to tap into equity in their home? Yeah. So FHA, it's changed a lot over the years. When I started in mortgage back in the early 2000s, FHA would do cash out refinancing loans up to a 95% loan to value. So they'd allow you to borrow almost all the equity out of your home. It was great. There were problems with those. And then they scaled it back to 85% of the home value. Um, Around the time of the housing crisis is when they scaled that back. And then just a few years ago, I believe it was September of 2019, uh, that they scaled it back even more. So they went from now 85% allowing the equity to be released, and they drop that down now to 80%. And that 80% is along the same lines. It's the same guideline that you're going to have with a conventional mortgage. So there used to be a bigger advantage to FHA on a cash-out refinance. Now it's along at least equal to the other loan programs that are available. The big thing is like we're talking about, if you have lower credit, you have high debt and your ratios are high, FHA is going to be your your only game in town. We can consolidate your debt or tap that equity up to 80% of the home value. And because it's uh, expanded debt ratios, it's great for people that have the high credit card debt, auto loans, other loans that are really eating away at their income. And FHA is a lot more forgiving with that. Um, I do believe at some point in the future, hopefully the near future, they'll expand these guidelines again like they did. Maybe let us go up to the 85 or 90% to allow more people, more access to their equity to also give FHA a competitive advantage. But right now, today, 80% of the value is what we're talking about when it comes to cashing out of your home's equity. What about some of the negatives or maybe I should just call them some disadvantages of FHA versus some of the other programs that you mentioned? There's pros and cons to every loan like we've talked about, but FHA, it gets a bad rap. There's definitely a stigma around it, especially lately. I've been finding talking to a lot of realtor partners. If they see an FHA offer come in, they're not as excited as a conventional offer because they know it's probably lower credit. There's, there might be some some negative issues that are going on with the buyer. So we got to look at the positives and negatives. We've been talking about the positives, but let's dive in on some of the negatives. Number one is high PMI insurance. So anytime you're putting down less than 20%, you have that PMI, you're going to pay whether it's an upfront premium or it's financed into the loan or you're paying a monthly PMI premium. So on FHA, they require that you pay an upfront premium. As of right now, it's 1.75% of the loan amount. They will wrap that into the mortgage. They'll finance that fee. So it's not something you have to pay out of pocket. But then on top of that upfront fee of 1.75%, you also have to pay a monthly PMI insurance. So that's like included in your monthly payment. Right now for a 30-year fixed FHA loan, like if you're putting down the minimum 3.5%, you're looking at a 0.85% per year. So if you want to figure it out on a calculator, you take your mortgage amount and you multiply it by 0.85 and divide that by 12 months, and that's the amount that's going to be added to your mortgage every month. Compared to a conventional loan, especially if you have good credit, you might be only paying like a 2.2 or 0.3%. On FHA, it's 0.8 on most cases, or 0.85. So it can be double or more of a conventional loan. Um, That's one of the disadvantages. The other thing is PMI never falls off in most cases. So if you make a 10% down payment or higher, 
year, it does come off after 11 years. But if you're making less than a 10% down payment, which most people are that are using this loan, then the PMI never comes off of the loan. So you have to refinance in order to get rid of that PMI, which for some people look at that as a disadvantage because they have to redo the loan down the line and get a new one. And who knows what's going on with interest rates and home values. So there's a little bit more risk when you take that FHA loan with a low down payment, because if you want that PMI to come off, you're going to have to plan ahead to do that. Another thing that makes FHA a disadvantage compared to other loan programs is the appraisal process and the appraisal guidelines that have to be followed. So FHA has something called minimum property standards. They have a handbook that they put out, which talks about the standards uh, property must meet in order to be eligible for an FHA loan. Now, there's a lot of different standards, but the biggest ones we're talking about are the condition with the property. It has to be livable. There can't be broken windows. There can't be um, stairs without handrails. It needs to be safe and livable. Uh, chipping paint is a huge one. So if there's paint chipping off the property, interior or exterior, the appraiser notices that. They'll take a photo. They'll require that that needs to be fixed because chipping paint can typically, especially in Connecticut where we have an older housing stock, it can be a big uh, health hazard, right, to have that chipping paint. Handrails, like I said, if there's more than three steps, there needs to be a handrail and there can't be any safety issues with the property. So those are some of the reasons why, like, these real estate agents, when they see an FHA offer come in, they don't look at it as favorable as a conventional offer because there's these extra criteria that need to be met. The last thing I want to mention is it's more of a guideline in internally, but all banks that offer FHA loans have it, which is something called the self-sufficiency test. So an FHA loan, if you're buying a property with an FHA loan or refinancing, it needs to meet the self-sufficiency test. What they do is they look at what the total rents are for the property on a three or four unit, multiply that by 75%, and that total amount of that calculation must be equal or greater than the mortgage payment. If it's not, then you cannot use an FHA loan to buy the property. It does not meet the criteria, this self-sufficiency test. Typically, it can't be run accurately until after the appraisal is done, but we try to do a little of that up front just to make sure that you're not wasting your time. But this self-sufficiency test is only on three or four unit properties. So if you're buying uh, a property or refinancing on a single family, a condo, or even a two family, this doesn't apply. It's only on three or four families. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can, by the way, make an appointment with Rob at 860-413-3938. Again, it's 860-413-3930. I'll repeat that phone number and email address, the website, all uh, towards the end of the show. Rob, can you give some examples on how an FHA uh, loan can maybe be incorporated into like a long-term mortgage strategy? Yeah, that's a that's a very common question because when people take an FHA loan, buying or refinancing with it, they typically understand this is probably not going to be a loan you're going to be in long term. This is a loan just to get you from point A to point B. It's not necessarily the the prime rib product, but it may be your only option. So when you're thinking about FHA in terms of a long-term financial plan, what we want to look at is using that FHA loan to get into the property, 
you know, to use your benefit to actually move forward and buy a home or potentially fix your credit. Maybe you have debt that's accumulated, you're consolidating or you're cashing out equity for another purpose. You use the FHA loan to solve that problem, to handle that and give you the solution that you need. But what you'll find is that once you've had that FHA loan for six to 12 months on the low end and maybe a couple of years on the high end, you're going to see your credit increase for a multitude of reasons. You've been paying on time. We've paid off debt and uh, different things like that. So there's going to be an opportunity that you're going to have to refinance that FHA loan, get out of that FHA, potentially drop that PMI or reduce the PMI and move over to a more adequate long-term loan product, something like a 30-year fixed conventional mortgage or maybe a 15-year conventional mortgage would be a, a better long-term strategy. So you got to be monitoring the FHA loan on an ongoing basis and hopefully your mortgage advisor, that's what they should be doing is an annual review, a minimum of one time a year, hopefully more like two times a year to make sure that you're in the best loan product for your needs so they can run your credit, look at the home value and figure out when can you strike when the iron's hot, refinance out of that FHA and move yourself forward financially to whatever that next step is as part of your financial plan. Again, it just depends on your circumstance, but hopefully you're starting to see now FHA can really bridge the gap to getting you from point A to point B and reaching your financial goals. You just have to know how to use it, not only in the upfront, to get the property or to refinance, but also in the long run. I've seen too many people that have taken these FHA loans when they bought a home or did a refi, and they weren't explained that this is not the best long-term loan for you. This is something we want to look at in a year or two. And I've seen people that have had FHA loans for many, many years. They've been paying out this PMI far, far longer than they should have because they didn't have someone really as an advisor to look mm. at this, to structure this, and then to move them to the next yeah. phase. So a lot of the time I'll get a client I call it like an orphan client. Their last loan officer didn't stay in touch with them. Their advisor didn't really set this up. And I'll step in and I'll set up this mortgage strategy for them. We'll set up the plan and we'll move them to the next step in their financial plan and in their process. Wow. Okay. How about how is the FHA involved, let's say, with a... Uh, like a reverse mortgage. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that FHA actually is the organization that pioneered the entire reverse mortgage program. FHA was the first to offer it. And a reverse mortgage through FHA, it's the only reverse mortgage that's insured by the U.S. government. So mm. that's a huge advantage. Uh, they refer to it as a HECM, H-E-C-M. So that it, it, it just means reverse mortgage, but what it stands for is Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, H-E-C-M. And it's only available through an FHA-approved uh, FHA lender, a lender that makes loans that are insured by FHA. I've done many, many reverse mortgages in my career and continue to. Actually, they've caught on quite a bit in the last several years. But I will say that every reverse mortgage I've ever done has been one of these FHA Heckam products. Uh, people just like the feeling of knowing the reverse or the uh, government is backing the loan, you know, um, good or bad, like them or hate them, having the backing of the federal government, there is an advantage for a lot of people. And that FHA Heckam loan allows you to withdraw a portion of your home's equity. Payments are not required. You can make payments, but they're not required. So that's a huge advantage for people that are retired or on a fixed income. It does have a 62-year minimum, though. You do have to be 62 years old or over for one of these FHA HECM loans. And you want to have a lot of equity in the home. Or if you're buying a home using an FHA or a reverse mortgage, you're going to be needing to put down a large down payment. We're talking about 
40 to 50 percent equity in the home in order to qualify. But for a lot of people that have been in their home for 10, 20, 30 years, they have the equity position to qualify for a reverse mortgage. For people that are buying a home with a reverse mortgage, they're typically leaving a home. They've got a lot of equity that they're going to, that has been built up that they're going to take out. And then they're going to put down a portion, if not all of that on the next home. So I know 40 or 50% equity sounds like a lot, but you also have to look at the circumstance of who's using these loans. And it's generally pretty feasible to get this done as long as you've got that equity built up or the cash to put down. How is an FHA loan looked at uh, compared to other types of financing in a home purchase, is is it a competitive situation or? Yeah, FHA right now, especially, there's a disadvantage to using an FHA loan. So when we're looking at the hierarchy of an offer on a property, specifically when it comes to purchasing a property, it goes like this. Cash buyers are going to be at the top. Of course. Then you've got your conventional buyer. Maybe they're putting down 10, 20, 30 percent conventional. Then the next one, the third one down, is then going to be your government-backed loans, which is going to be FHA that we're talking about or a VA loan for veterans. So the reason why the FHA is like down the totem pole, so to speak, is because of all the reasons we've talked about why people use FHA loans. The buyer probably has either lower credit or a higher debt-to-income ratio. There's a reason why they're doing FHA versus another product. So it's a higher risk for the seller of the home. It's a higher risk for the realtor to allow them to accept that offer because there's more that could go wrong. If someone has low credit, tight income, there's more issues that could come up during the loan process. So it's a higher risk. Um, But I will say it may not be the most ideal, but for majority of my buyers, if not all the ones that are using FHA, it's the only option that they have. We try doing conventional loans. We try running through automated underwriting systems for other loan programs that would be more favorable. But if those loans don't come back approved, then they're told, hey, we can't help you. At least we have an option. At at my company, we have this FHA option that allows these lower credit scores. It allows this expanded criteria. A lot of banks don't even offer an FHA or government-backed loan at all. So if you don't qualify for conventional, they'll tell you they can't help you and have a good day. It's only when you meet with uh, a lender like myself or a mortgage broker that offers multiple products from a lot of different sources that you can find yourself fitting into that FHA box. So even though it may not be ideal, your offer may not be at the top of the stack, I want to give you confidence and motivation in knowing I have had dozens of clients just in the last couple of months get their offers accepted on FHA loans. So it's not impossible, just takes a little more wherewithal. There's some things we can do to help increase your chances, but it's definitely not an absolute no. It's just a little more challenge. What if you own property? Okay. Um, and can you use that as collateral as opposed to liquid cash and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy another property. I've already got properties here. Uh, can I use uh, existing you properties? You can, but not using an FHA loan. So FHA is only for owner-occupied. So FHA, you can use if you're going to live in the property for a minimum of a year. Okay. And you have to move in within 60 days of the closing. So in the example you're giving of tapping equity from another property, you could do that, but not using this loan. You would need to do a conventional investment uh, cash out refinance, and then we could take the equity out of that property and you could put it down on the next one. But it would not be this program, this FHA. It's only for occupants. I gotcha. Okay. 
just uh, just out of curiosity, because there are some people who may not want to buy a three family or a four right. family or two family. Sure. And they've already have a home and have a family and a school system and they're they're set in their community. But they're looking at it from an investment perspective, as you just mentioned. So they therefore they're not going to live on, in that. Um, if they're not going to live yeah. in the property, then FHA is not a viable option. You know, and it's uh, a little bit disheartening because I've seen so-called yeah. gurus online talk about using an FHA loan and defrauding FHA by not living in the home as if nobody's going to check up on this. This is a very real issue. People know about it. It's mm. mortgage fraud and they're coming after you for it. So if you if you want to play that game, be ready to pay the price. Folks, you're listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. You can make an appointment with Rob Weinberg yourself. It's very easy to do. Just call this number 860-413-3938. I'll say it again. Write it down. 860-413-3938. Incidentally, you can also email him. In fact, if you'd like, you can uh if you'd like, you could even uh read the email over the airwaves. I would imagine mm-hmm. that if it's nothing personal, uh, maybe you've come up with the same question that some others have, and they ha- are afraid to contact us. You take the initiative. Make that email to uh, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. We'd love to uh, read your email. And uh, incidentally, if you'd like to check out uh, the Mortgage Matters or mortgage, uh, Connecticut Mortgage Lending website, it's ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. It's that simple. ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next weekend, have... Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.